What's up, fellow Zeros? Thank you for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, where we fucking love Berlin. That was an honorable mention. I'm your host, Joe, and I brought along with me four other operatives that have gone feral to talk to you about the movie Atomic Blonde. We've got Matt. The only podcast that wants to know what they should wear to tea with the queen. Corey. The only podcast that should have been a poet or a rock star. And sequel. The only podcast that would like to purchase a watch. Did I say four? I think you did. Three. <laughs> All right. Great. Perfect. Honorable mention to the thing Joe fucking <laughs> said. <laughs> I fucking love Berlin. You were so close. I hate everything. No, you don't. Not Berlin. <sighs> no, I don't. But I hate that I didn't pick that. I mean, I thought for sure you were going. Now I just get to beat myself up. If it makes you feel because I didn't think you'd pick it. If it makes you feel any better, that's happened to me twice so far. Twice. They're like like those phantom points that don't count. Yeah, like every point in whose line is it anyway? Exactly. Like you gotta go with that gut. And Frank couldn't join us today. He got stuck, you know, trying to cross the border. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. I just wanted to make sure you were making a communist (laughs) joke. (laughs) Behind the Iron Curtain. And before we start talking to you about the movie, we're going to let you know what else we've been watching this week. I will go to sequel first. I've been actually listening to a podcast called um, Up and Vanished. It's about a 10-year-old cold case that um, a filmmaker starts this podcast trying to create awareness and, and investigate further. He was inspired by uh, Making a Murderer and um, Serial. And Another great podcast. Yeah, It's very good. Uh, it's 20... They just dropped 24 today. Yeah, I think 20, yeah, 24 official episodes, and there's a bunch of um, evidence, yeah. mini-episodes in between. So what he did there was he actually took um, what Undisclosed did. Undisclosed was the, the serial spinoff right. with um, actual lawyers connected to Adnan Syed. And what they did is they would have one real episode and then a case file episode where they would dive into like Twitter questions and stuff, and he started doing the same thing. It's really Q and A's and stuff. Yes, it's really good. I don't want to <laughs> spoil anything, but um, it's it's definitely worth a listen. But he's dead. The guy's dead. Spoilers. She. I don't fucking know. It's not the Sixth Sense podcast. He doesn't listen when you talk. <laughs> yes, I don't listen when I talk. What was really cool? I, I'm I'm actually started listening a couple weeks ago myself, and the best part about this podcast is that you think it's going to kind of he's going to end the discussion and then move on to a, a different cold case, and then the case like breaks wide open. So now he's diving into the rabbit hole of actually following an ongoing criminal investigation. Great cliffhangers and teasers at the end yeah. of his episodes. You're like, oh, I can't wait for the next one. And I don't have to wait. So now that we know what you've been listening to, Corey, what have you been watching? I caught up on all of the backlog of the reboot of Whose Line Is It Anyways? I was hoping he was going to say Rebels. No, not Rebels. <laughs> not Rebels. Motherfuckers need to watch Rebels! I'm, I'm, I'm this close. I'm this close to catching up on everything, and then Rebels will start. Whose line is it anyways? Improv show. Really fun. Really funny. When I was a kid, I always was convinced that it was scripted, but now I know how improv works, and it definitely is not. And you saw that episode with the, the Diva Twins. They have, in one of the newer ones, they have an actress from one of, like, the procedural cop dramas right. on the same network come on. They do the exact same thing every time she's on. Oh, really? At one point, she lays down and is pretending to be the bed, and <laughs> Colin pushes him away. He was like, no, I'll take this bed. It was great. Uh, but that's w- it. WWE Diva Twins, look them up, guys. For more on that, check out our Who's Lines It Anyway podcast. <laughs> you won't find it. Who's Lines It Anyway, Joe? Bella Twins. Are they the Bella Twins? Yes. Fuck me. Matt, what have you been watching? Uh, well, Game of Thrones. Of uh, episode Trace. Which is three in Spanish. Uh, was delicious. A lot of great shit happened. A lot of jaw-dropping moments. That end, though. And I also watched the new season. I don't know how new it is, because Netflix, but there's a new season of Chef, which is really cool. It's like six episodes, and they delve really deeply into like one chef that does something crazy cool, like whatever. This guy is a Jewish guy from Long Island who has a world star ramen place in New York City. And I really want to check it out. And I watched the first two episodes of Westworld. Oh! And he hates it. God damn it! I don't hate it. It's just... I don't know if I'm going to keep watching it. Joe, why don't you like good things? Because he... I, I like good things. I don't like bad things. I never finished it. I never finished it either! 
I got like five in, and I was like, same. I think. You know, like there's a there's oh a my twist. God. There's enough twist at the end of the first episode. But I was like, I'll check out the second one, and then for the second one, I was like, eh. Okay, guys, <laughs> your points may be valid, but the ending just ties everything up in such a neat, fun little bow that you're like, there's time travel involved. Guys, just watch the fucking show. Yeah, we'll see. So now you're gonna tell me to catch up on Doctor Who, please. Yeah, you know what? I, I can't. Capaldi's about to leave. I know. He should be dead already. But he's not. Because we're going to have a fucking Christmas special. With a doctor who's also dead. <laughs> at least one doctor that's also dead. Fair. Great use of at least. And that being said, I would also go to that hotel if it existed. In Westworld. Oh, yeah. Because that would be fun as shit. And also, I watched the Ultimate Summer movie. Jaws? Yes. Yeah! <laughs> How'd you like it? It was pretty good. Stone that bad boy. Stone it now. Uh, uh, do you want me to leave? <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably give it four or five. Okay. I don't think it was amazing. But it was, it's good, especially since it was made in 75. That also helps is key to remember. Every character in that movie kind of pissed me off at some point. So I'm assuming they're supposed to, but I'm like, God damn, people are stupid. I love that movie because it's three assholes out on the ocean. One of them doesn't want to be there, and one of them loves sharks, and one of them's drunk all the time. One of them I can't understand ha- literally <laughs> half of the words that he says in that movie. It's We're going to need a bigger boat. There was, there's one reference that I didn't know came from Jaws, and I can't remember what it is, but I heard it in that movie when I was watching it last night, and I was like, this is where that comes from. What is it? I don't remember. I just said I can't remember. We're going to need a bigger boat? No, that one I know. Hooper okay. drives the boat chief? No, I'll look. Stop trying to guess it. I'm not going to remember. Sequel's going to spend the entire episode just yeah, randomly spinning out those quotes. What the fuck is Atomic it. Blonde? We're, We're talking about Jaws. So then when the shark came out of the water... Wait, are we in the spoiler section, guys? And that's what we've been watching. Let's get into our movie facts for Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde is a new release, which means it came out in 2017, which is the year it is right now. It's rated R... It's one hour and 55 minutes long. Its director is David Leach, who is uncredited for directing John Wick. What? There were two directors on John Wick. He's the uncredited one. Hmm. Why is he uncredited, though? How do you get uncredited? I don't know. I'm very confused by that also. I'm just going with what I saw. But that makes a lot of sense. I haven't seen John Wick, but that makes a lot of sense. You should. And uh, he's going to be directing Deadpool 2 in the future because he hasn't done any other movies. The movie stars... Charlize Theron, James McAvoy, John Goodman, Eddie Marsan, Eddie Marsan, Sophia Batella, Toby Jones, Bill Skarsgård, Till Schweiger, and Roland Muller. The budget for the movie was $30 million, and so far it's grossed $26 million. Which is not bad for the kind of movie it is. Correct. No, it opened fifth, same as Valerian last week. And $20 million of that has been domestic, so overseas not so much with this movie. The scores for the movie... Rotten Tomatoes has this movie at 75%. Certified fresh. And the audience gave this a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. The IMDb score is 7.2 out of 10. And Metacritic coming in a little bit lower, as we've come to expect, at a 63. And the Metacritic score is a 6.6. And the last fact I have is that it's based on the graphic novel called The Coldest City. Good. And I believe Matt has more facts for I have more facts. Uh, apparently, Charlize Theron, which is how you say it in South African, she where does. she's from, okay. has been working on getting this movie done for five years, which is fucking crazy to me. Five years she's been, like, trying to get this thing done. Um, like she filmed it over the course of five years? No, 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 no. she's been, like, trying she's to, been trying to she's get... Been she's been drumming it. Ryan Reynolds in right, for five right, years. Right, right. Okay. Ryan Reynolds thing. Oh, God, that's a thing. Um, so that that got made. That's fair, fair. I'm just saying, it's a thing. Um... She, I don't know if you guys looked it up, she did all those stunts, Mm -hmm. and the reason the shots are the way they are is because she can do, and did do all of those stunts herself. You didn't see all the featurettes that they've been showing you in the movie theater about how she trained for this? Right. But when she's training, she's using, like, a water gun and shit, and I'm like, that's cool. Like, That's so method. Yeah. So method. Or when she slams the guy down, and then she goes, you okay? He's like, yeah, it was great. Cool. We're gonna do our general thoughts for the movie before we get into the whole... Spoilers thing. And as is usual, I'm going to Matt first. General thoughts being, did everyone go see this with a lady? Yes. Yes. No. Well, sequel. Maybe you'll find someone someday. 
Did everyone's lady enjoy this movie? Yes. Yes. Good. Okay. Just making sure. It's kind of you unanimous decision that I'm I'm seeing across the board. It was a girl kicking ass in the most brutal sense possible. Um, they're saying that this could be the new female James Bond. I do not like that comparison, personally. I think it's more a female John Wick. Yes. Because, you know, Cause, obvious connections. Because, well, besides, the, I didn't know that. But I like that better because when you say James Bond, I think hand glider and a watch. Yeah. And she's just straight up murdering people. And she's just straight up murdering them. people with fucking... Refrigerators. <laughs> Corey, what did you think of the movie? Oh, that was not who I expected to throw it to me, but okay. That's his thing. Yeah, this. I actually have a really tough relationship with this movie because I think it's really well shot. I think it's very well made. I think the action sequences are great. I have very, very few qualms with this movie. I do, however, think that the movie is a bit pedestrian, a, a bit straightforward, a bunch of commies backstabbing and lying to each other. Turns out that somebody else is the bad guy. Like, all of, like, very typical Cold War spy stuff. When you put that in perspective of the fact that the graphic novel came out during the Cold War, right? It was probably pretty innovative. But right now, it's a story we've all heard and seen. So it's 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 teetering on a couple, on a couple things for me. But overall, I really enjoyed the most of this movie. Sequel, you're up. I had no idea what to expect going into this movie. I didn't see a single coming attraction. I didn't look anything up. Really? Really? Yep. Probably hadn't planned on seeing it until we... You've never watched television. I planned on seeing it before I knew it was a comic book movie. Yeah, same. I just didn't know when. I didn't know it was a comic book movie until you posted in the chat that this was a movie. I didn't... I was like, where am I going to... I'm about to go to a foreign art movie (laughs) theater to to find this. I've never heard of it. Um, I like going to movies that way because I had zero expectations. Mm-hmm. I came out there very pleasantly surprised. I mean, we'll get into specifics later, but I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I like this movie. I thought it was good, not great. I think I'm actually going to be the reverse of Corey in this scenario because I think this movie tries to do too much. It's really kind of convoluted in its in what it's trying to accomplish, and I feel like it would have been better if it not dumb things down, but streamline things a bit. And there's one thing that this movie does that I hate, that this whole genre of movies kind of does. We'll get into that for spoilers, but I enjoyed the movie, and I would see it again. I liked it. So we're either, here, We are either going to fight a lot this episode, yeah. or we just both... Or we're going to learn stuff about each other. Or we're actually going to be on the exact same team. And they were in the same theater, motherfuckers! It could be. So yeah, from here on out, we're going to be spoiling... Atomic Blonde. If you haven't seen it yet, and there's a good chance that you haven't, and if you want to see it, we all agree that it's, you know, worth a see. Definitely. Worth a viewing. So yeah. get out there and Definitely do it. Definitely worth a ticket. Pay for this movie. Yeah. It deserves it. Please do. It's right there. It's almost made its money back. Mm-hmm. You could be the one. <laughs> yeah. To set it over the edge. And now we're going to spoil Atomic Blonde for you. Coming from um, a person who has a friend who is... Or at least last we spoke about it, avidly against the femme fatale stereotype and the femme fatale um, archetype, where it's like female assassin, blah blah blah. I do like the way they did it and the way they they rationalized what she did. Instead of whenever a guy threw a punch, she had to throw two. She used objects and she had to use the environment around her to achieve the same ends that the guys had to. That's my favorite aspect of the yeah. movie. She's fighting men stronger than her. And she's doing it in such a way where she's more talented. But again, she has to use the environment. She has to throw more punches. When she's getting hit, you feel like she's getting oh, God, hit. Yeah. The bruises stay throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Like Tom Cruise in a movie. I love Tom Cruise. I love most of his movies. If he gets punched in the face, he, you know nothing happens. Yeah. doesn't even bleed from the mouth. She's bleeding. She's bruised. She's battered. It's very well done in that regard. Mm-hmm. Just to mirror the the sentiment, I agree. I love the fact that it it felt gritty and real. I, I've always one of the big my biggest problems with James Bond movies is that he goes through the entire movie and it takes to him getting up to pretty much the bad guy or the bad guy's assistant to actually have any problems with a fight. She like you she was she was in every fight, even her easiest fights. She got a couple the guys got a couple good whacks in, which was great. And I love the fact that right off the bat they. They tell you how she's going to fight when she goes into that meeting in the beginning, and the the guy's like, proficient with improvised weapons. 
I think that was that was a, that was a line. Yeah, and I was like, oh, good. So that's she. That's her specialty is getting into places, and if she gets into trouble, using what's around her yeah. to get out of it. So it was good. I, I really enjoyed the action sequences. I don't think there was one that missed. Normally, when you when you watch a movie like this where she's telling the story, like you see her telling the story, you know she's going to survive. Right. Wait. That, oh, okay. That usually bothers me because I keep that in the back of my mind. But the action sequences are done so well in, in such a way that even though they're cutting back to that room where she's telling her superiors what happened, you, you forget the fact that she's going to survive, or it doesn't even factor into it anymore. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, there's always that small off chance, right, that she doesn't actually win that fight, and it's McAvoy's character sweeps in, it takes her, back. takes him out, and then they drag her back. And how did you get there? At the risk of sounding repetitive, I'm mirroring everything you guys are saying. I agree with everything you guys are saying. I also like the the fights in this movie. The fight scenes in this movie feel realistic. Like if I were to fight somebody. The fact that they all get tired at the end of the fight sequences... Oh painfully God, yes. so. Painfully just, so. It's realistic. This is what would happen if two people were beating the hell out of each other. The one where they're in... Consequences be damned. They have to win this fight. The... The... The fight dude, when they're in the apartment. Yeah, with, yes. with white... Yep. High-top guy. Yep. White-haired top, high-top guy. blonde high-top. Yeah, yeah, blonde high-top guy. And the other dude is, like, taking the ball and smashing it over his head because that's all he can do to help. Um, the end of that fight is fucking beautiful. Where he, he's, like, trying to stand up and, like, grasping at whatever he can get. And she's, like, against the door, like, fuck, this is awful. It was awesome. It was so cool to finally see a protagonist, like, struggle alongside of the person she's trying to beat. This was the stairwell, right? Yeah, the end of the stairwell. The end of the stairwell in the apartment. Okay. I believe they shot the whole fight. I read this. It was in one take. I would believe it. That's awesome. Based on how how it looks, I would... Probably yeah. feel like it would love it. take, yeah. I think that's one of the coolest things about a lot of this movie is that the action sequences are all shot single wide. camera. Yeah. And wide. Wide and single camera. Like, it doesn't flip from this side to this side to that side. It, it's You just watch her It's not the shaky cam garbage. It's just yeah. one stationary spot, kind of. Or it, as it's, like, as the fight moves... It follows the, the yeah, fight, yeah. yeah. It not, goes up with it. It's not just jerky really, and terrible. Really, yeah. Really, really fun to watch. And, like, you compared it to John Wick... John Wick kind of has it easy, or he makes it look easy, you know. Right, because he preplans. Right, but like, I could I could see the comparison, but I like the the realistic aspect of this. The minute that you said that this director is uncredited with John Wick, it, I feel like a light bulb went off. Like I, as I'm watching, it I feels was, like a female it, version of John, John Wick. Wick. It really does. It it. I need to see John Wick one. You do. Yeah, you do. It's a good movie. And this director is a former stuntman, so that's why. Oh, he is he? Yes, oh, he is. cool. I found the story very difficult to follow. Same. Because Same. there's so many double crosses. You don't... Uh, you you kind of get... The double kinda, cross, the triple cross. Yeah, it's, it's a triple cross is what it is. I, but it's, 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 a, it, it's not even a double cross for double cross's sake. You think that there's one double cross happening when in fact it's actually a triple cross coming in from the other side, which is why it's so convoluted and hard to follow. Which makes sense in a spy movie, but mm-hmm. it is convoluted. Yes, I need but to see this movie again. I had to see it again. I had to go back and look it up on Wikipedia and go, ah, oh, okay. I get That's it what I just saw. Yep, I understand. I think the big thing is that as viewers watching her tell the story, we are working under an assumption that McAvoy's character, or Percival, right? Percival, Percival yeah, Percival. David Percival. David Percival is Satchel. That's the assumption we're working on the entire time. Right, that's the tale she's telling. That's a tale she's telling. I don't know that we're ever actually... No, 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 no. Given that? We, I mean, not that he is, but I mean... She's kind of spinning it like that. Though. Well, I didn't get that sense from her. I just sensed that he was kind of going rogue at this point. He was definitely he was going beyond, rogue. He was, his own agenda. Rogue. Yeah. he was beyond rogue. He's gone he was feral. untouchable. And he, yeah. Yeah. Fer- I love that term. He, they didn't even say native. They said feral. And I was yeah. like, I fucking love that. But the thing was, he was still technically doing his job when she hit the ground. She was, He was still technically doing his job when she hit the ground. He was doing his job in the sense that... He was doing he, his job for him. Right. Yeah. He was doing his job in the sense that he was in control of what he was in control of, and he was making sure they remained control of what they were in control of. My point, but my point being, his job when she hit the ground in Berlin mm-hmm. was to ascertain the list. He got the list. Was he going to hand it over to MI6 like he was supposed to? No. 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 
But one of the big things is that you see him looking on the microfilm and seeing Satchel. We're all under the impression that it's his name there. It's not. It's her name. No. No, at that yes. point in the movie, I don't know who no. Satchel is. There's, there's three people yeah. it could be. It could be him, it could be Charlize, and it could be the French... Uh, no. At no, no point did I think it was a French no, person. No, they showed who it was. It was the KGB guy. No. No, no, it was, no, no. It no. was her. It was, she is Satchel. She is Satchel. I thought it was the KGB... I thought they went to the KGB guy, and then they slid over, and then it was Satchel. And I was like, oh, okay. You, you never see the name. Down oh, and over. Oh, did they? Down uh, and over. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't care that she's Satchel, because she does the triple cross and, does, and the whole thing. It's like, oh... There was uh, okay. so many twists and turns I could have seen it being the French operative. Mm. No, never. I also no, I never saw it as a French no, operative. I mean, ever. She seemed so incompetent to me. Yeah, same. I was like, "Why are you here? Why are the French here?" Like, I'm like, "This is the '80s. Why are the French here?" I didn't consider it, but I can totally see how you did. Like going back, right? I was like, because she wouldn't. You would have never expected it to be her. And that's the, she would have come out of left field, and you know, in a spy movie, yeah. the left field. Why sometimes, not? Yeah, <laughs> but that was actually ultimately my biggest conundrum with the movie was that it was hard to follow, and it was still a little bit. At the end, you you weren't blown away by like how it ended. Like, oh, okay, I get it now. The American was an agent sent to be a double agent who was actually a triple agent. Yes, she it's just. Agent. I'm sorry, I was blown away by that when she had no accent at the end. I was like. Wait, what the fuck is happening? And then I was like, oh my god. I have to ask a question. How full was the theater you guys saw the movie in? Pretty full? Pretty full. Pretty full. Okay. The scene before the last scene, where she's asking, what should I wear for tea yeah. with the queen? And then you see three days later, did people get up and leave? No. No. Half of the theater I was in got up and left thinking the credits were going to roll and this was going to be like... That's insane. What if that, that means they missed, I, they missed that's a the, terrible the movie whole goer. Yeah, it's a bad moviegoer, but I could almost see how they did it, because I thought that would have been a good way to end it. You know, that lets her laughing and saying, hey, what should I wear to you? I'm like, okay, that's pretty good way, pretty good way to end it. I stayed, watched the scene, I'm like, okay, everyone who just left totally missed what happened. Yeah. We have arrived at the thing that I absolutely hate that these movies do. This movie ends, like, four different times. Don't do that. I don't want to see Clue the movie again. Hell, <laughs> seriousness. Here's what could have happened. It's just like, okay, so she. We'll go through the endings right now. Why not? So okay. she she kills uh, Percival and Percival. sets him up as Satchel. Mm-hmm. That's one ending. Two, the uh, British intelligence decided to sweep it under the rug. That's two endings. She ends up being Satchel and gives the list to the Russian guy. I forget his name starts with a B. Bird. Or something, something like that. I don't know. That's ending number three. And num- ending number four, she ends up, surprise, surprise, she's American. Yeah. And she very, has the it, triple it was very much fellow, um, not, um... More of the Rings. Return yeah, of the yeah, King. Return of the King. Return of the King ended like six times, too. Like, you have to have the twist before the very, very end, and you can't give me three twists. Well, the biggest <laughs> issue, the biggest issue is that they set up that the twist was she was Satchel. And as she's going to kill him... Then that's the twist you stay with. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for for sure. Because then he's like... Well, she's hovering over his body and says, Comrade Satchel. Oh, that's how you're going to twist it? I was like, cool. Cool. If that was it, they do the wrap-up at the meeting. Like, those two combined kind of work well, play well with each other. And yeah. end it? And okay. then they walk out, we play some dramatic music, some kind of cool techno shit. Yeah. Boom. That's the end of the movie. For sure. But then they went on and did the one in the hotel room, which was fucking ridiculous. And then the John Candy one. Goodman. John Candy. I miss John Candy. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah. Just be forever and I miss you, Barf- Bartholomew. Mm-hmm. Every day. Great soundtrack of this movie. Mm-hmm. Loved it. We never talk about the soundtrack often enough on this show. That's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about, so I'm glad we're bringing it up. Yeah. I felt like I was in... I felt like I was in 89. Yeah. Not I felt, I felt like I was where I was. I felt like I was in Grand Theft Auto. I enjoyed that multiple songs in this movie have an upbeat version and then they play a sad version two scenes later I was like we just heard this song didn't we okay it's different the 99 Red Balloons the <laughs> yeah. sad 99 Red Balloons 99 Red Balloons and Blue Monday well sad 99 Red Balloons is always sad it's just they play it upbeat right yeah. Yeah, the original version yeah. if you don't know what they're saying that isn't 
In I'll German, you don't know what the fuck they're saying, yeah. He wants him to dance before he lobotomizes him with a skateboard, whatever the hell he did. He beat the fuck out of that kid with his That was a little bit of a wanted scene. Yeah? And I was with like, the keyboard? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, no. No, it didn't really work in wanted. It wasn't going to work here. Wanted, we're going to do that. We are. Whoa. All right, we're going to be split on that movie. <laughs> Sorry, I'd rather watch James McAvoy in this than Wanted. Yeah, McAvoy did I'd rather watch job. McAvoy in anything. He's amazing. <laughs> well cast. I mean, I'll watch him in Children of Dune. Am I right? I have no idea what you're Very well Fuck casted me. movie. Right? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a great, great cast. John Goodman's great in anything he touches at this point. I yeah. think he's incredibly underrated. He's probably the best supporting actor we have right now. Fight me. All right. Morgan Freeman? <laughs> Not anymore. Wow. Morgan Freeman's limited now. Wow. He's Shots fired. No, he's a great... great Joel Morgan Freeman is dead. Best, he is the best supporting best actor of all time. Best, he was God. Best narrator. I'll give you that. He is the best supporting... Shawshank Redemption. Great. Million Dollar Baby. Outstanding. Unforgiven. Very good. What have you done for you lately, Morgan Freeman? Fair. Oh, fair. So you're, 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 fair. You're one of you. are not looking at history. You're looking. At I just, I said John Goodman's the best supporting actor we have right now. Morgan Freeman's on a vacation. All right, movie Morgan. fights. Calm down. All right, all right. You know what? Hey, okay, shh. They'll hear us. <laughs> in all fairness, he was great in King Kong. Hey, man, John C. Riley made that movie bearable. Oh my god! I wouldn't John say C. that Riley. movie turned to gold though. No, no, it did not. In it, but but it was fine. <laughs> it was a fine movie. I'll watch it again. The limited scenes that we had Stiglitz in, I also enjoyed. Stiglitz from Glorious Bastards. He was the watchmaker. Yes. Right. Oh my god, I was so surprised he was just a watchmaker. Well, he's no. also... I was I was pretty glad contact. he was basically I know he a was, watchmaker. I know he was a contact, but it was like, I wanted him to be more because of Inglourious Bastards. He was a fucking son of a They had enough bitch. people doing enough things in this movie. Yes. He was the sommelier. Yes. Yes, yes he was. He but was... not... Not... Nearly as fucking cool. That Somalia okay. part was so incredible. He, he doesn't bust out every different course, oh, so to speak. God, I love that part. So but much. I'm sure if you walked into that watchmaker shop and was like, "I'm looking for a watch that will cause a that will um that will be a big bang at a party," he's going to turn a watch into a bomb for you. Like he has that capability. Because every time somebody walked in there and wanted something. From him, he could put it in a watch. I mean, yeah, that's true, but I would argue that he's more the concierge from John Wick than Fair. the sommelier. Fair. Fair enough. I like that comparison better. Yeah, because the, con- the the sommelier was more Q with less gadgets. Less impractical gadgets. The craziest thing in John Wick was the tactical suit, which was awesome. But that was the craziest thing in John Wick. Suit was perfect. He's also like a U.S. plant, though, right? Because he's with them at the end. Is he? Yeah, he's. he's a, I think he's an MI6 plant. I've. I've, I've yeah, he's in MI6. He, he he's not on the plane with her at the end. No, I, doesn't he drive them to the plane? No, that's the uh, that's the guy that she met. No, that was the bellboy. Was the the guy she met? No, the oh, what the hell? The guy she met in West Berlin, the one that got her the fake passports and stuff. Yeah. yeah that's well, he was the one that was enacting her plan, her part of the yeah, plan. That's with the driver, the, I think. Mark, that was the driver. No, I, th- I, th- I thought it was him. I think Stiglitz is part of that crew. No, the guy, the guy that is trying to get him over the border, the guy that was sitting on top of the roof. Or yeah, whatever, the umbrella guy. The umbrella guy. He cleaned up the hotel room. Yes. Yes. That, that yes. I know. He was the yes. best. And I think that they have similar haircuts. I think yeah. Stiglitz was the driver. I really do. Zero's Talking Heroes suggests that you watch this movie a second time like we should. Yeah. It's it's a lot like a heist movie. We're, There's we're, a lot of double crosses and shit going on that yeah. it's hard to follow sometimes. <laughs> Especially when you're tripping on acid. Am I right, guys? No. No. We're wrong. Shh. Just me. Cool. <laughs> also, did you guys recognize Sophia Batella from... She's Jayla from Star Trek Beyond. The French operative. Oh, is yeah. that who that is? She's also the new mummy, right? Yes. Yes, yes, she is. Oh, she's the new mommy. Now, since we're on the French operative, did anybody see the end of that scene, like the cut from one to the other happening, them becoming lovers? Did anyone see it happening? So, like, they co- they they kissed, and then they, right, they, they right. made out against the wall, and I was like, she's gonna find the gun, and then she's gonna question her, yeah. and then we're gonna move on, and instead she turns around and, and they keeps fall yeah. back onto yeah. the bed. I'm like, 
wow! I really didn't see them taking that scene that yeah. far. No, that and then it continued past that. I was like, I mean, you're a spy, so whatever, but I didn't see it happening. Anybody? Did anybody else not see it happening? I thought it was going to happen. Yeah, I, I didn't see it happening again. I could realistically... I mean, obviously, I didn't think they were going to take it as far as it did, but I could realistically have seen it occurring. Okay, that's yeah. fine. If it had, like, been, like... That they end up kissing again, and then cut to black. Next morning, they're in bed together, and she's saying the, your eyes change when you lie, like that line. I could see that. I did not see them going quite as graphic as they did no. in that sex scene. No, I didn't. They went, they went There was, like, a, apparently a younger child in our theater. <laughs> was there? That's what my girlfriend's. Uh, whoops. You know what? So Parents, if you take a kid to a radar movie, you're wrong. You just, shit like you deserve that's going to happen. The, they see things that they you probably shouldn't be seeing. You deserve this justice. Yeah. He's you gonna you deserve the awkward course. questions that you get. Mm-hmm. Her death really annoyed me. Because she kind of set herself up, and she didn't see it coming. And as soon as she makes that phone call to Percival, you know Percival's going to come after she her. She thought she was slicker than she actually was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like, like, she's naive. Game. It's her first real mission. But she seems so time. unsure of herself for so long. And then as soon as she realizes Percival's going to fuck her over, he she calls him like, I'm going to fuck you up. Why? Why not just it's pack your stupid. shit Get out of there. Go. Like, stop. Is it you, weird? You just said that you're not good at this and that you don't like being in over your head. Why are you putting yourself in deeper? I'm sorry. I must be a horrible person, but the second they said French operative, I did not take her seriously. No, you're not supposed to. Uh, I, but they were like, and there's a French operative. I'm like, the French are, non, are a non-entity after World War II. This is <laughs> after World War II. The French do not matter. They have a French operative? Great. She's going to die. Like, I'm surprised she lasted as long as she did. Like, I was like, holy shit, she made it out of this scene? And then, then she had the pictures that no one knew about. I was like, whoa. Yeah, she there to expose yeah. Percival. Percival. Yeah. I was like, wow. She actually did something. But, you yeah, know, as the second they were like, she was a French operative, I'm like, well, she's dead. <laughs> Which is the most ironic piece of evidence that is caught in the entire movie, right? Yeah. Because that evidence doesn't prove... That he's Satchel, except for the fact that he's meeting with a KGB guy, and she uses it as proof as to why she had to kill him because he was Satchel. Because she's not an MI6 agent. And she also spent hours upon hours splicing that video to that audio tape to make him sound super guilty and like Satchel. Yeah. I mean, he was... But but, but he was was still... he was you need, you need, you need to. You need to. You had to speed it up at that point because the movie was almost over. Right. Exactly. It was, it was but, cut together too fast. Yes. Yeah. You, mi- you, mi- you blink and you miss the fact that that's what she was doing. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty savvy movie goer, and I was like, I thought I got it, but I got to settle look it up. Yeah. I hate that. I should be able to get it on the first try. He was still in cahoots with the KGB. Like Isn't he wasn't crazy. right in anything he was doing. What are we talking about? But Percival. But that KGB. I know he was in business for himself. Right, he that's what I'm saying. The balance, so, or he was so the king. I know that she was doing this other thing that was up here, and she was like, "Let me peg this on him because he's a fuckboy." That's fine, but he's what he was doing wasn't right at, at all. So she took him out, but then she's removed from the equation because this whole thing was bullshit. Yeah. The whole satchel thing was bullshit, and then the wall came down. And it was like, "Well, this is over." I think the other big conundrum with her motivation the entire time is that the quote-unquote love story that she's follow that you're following, like, her motivation at the beginning is, you think that... Well, you she, think, yeah. Yeah, I, I really think that they should, they could have just cut that out. I, 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 I like, I liked it because you thought that it was going to go worse than it did. Well, like, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to go bad. But then she was very, like, professional the whole time. You know what I'm saying? I like the added motivation. Because yeah. if she just shows up kicking ass, you're like, okay, she's good at her job. But the fact that you, in the back of your mind, you're feeling that. And the fact that there. she burnt the picture, it was like, like this is like this is some sort of fucked up that I can't understand. I guess I don't. I just I just felt like it was un- an unnecessary. Especially because it's '89. You're not getting that picture back. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? Like it's over. If it's if Joe burnt a picture tomorrow, I could pull it off Facebook the next day, and it's still there. Not if I took it with my Polaroid camera. Fuck you, Joe, and your Polaroid camera. It just uh, never just, going back. <laughs> it, it just seemed like an extra layer of twist and turn. Like we're supposed to believe that her motivation 
and her reason to be so emotionally invested in this mission is because she wants to get revenge on whoever killed her lover, mm-hmm. but then her lover dies fairly anticlimactically in the middle to, with a nice pick to the dome piece. That's yeah, that's who kills him. What? What? He dies in the who, what love? Yeah, his no, the love interest dies in the beginning. Yeah. So you're made to believe that her motivation of going for going and going to Berlin, right. Is to get revenge on the person that kills her lover. Alright, so the lover doesn't die in the middle, the killer dies. The killer dies in the middle. I never even thought that. I thought she was just doing her job. No. She is doing her job, but. She had the added motivation. Right, yeah. That's what I thought too. I don't even think she had a vendetta to find and kill that guy because she did not make a lot of steps toward it. It's kind of like she was going going to um, the work site with a loaded gun, like without the lover thing, but because there was the lover thing, she had hollow points. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was there to fuck shit up. And if she gets to kill Bacton along the way, or whatever his name was. I think. Oh was my Bacton. god, Bacton, that's Bacton. his name. Great joke. That, well, that's him, that's not the... I wish we had Hubert here. Rest in peace. That's not the guy that is in the end of the movie, it's like Brolovich or something. Yeah. Brolovich, I don't know. Yeah, but Bacton was, was, Bacton the, was, was, the, was the guy was the selling KGB the KGB yeah. C-word. He was selling the list. Yeah. Again, I, it just, it, again, it, for me, personally, it kept feeling like that's what we were supposed to be following, and then that ends, so now we're on this other thing where she has to find Satchel, but then that doesn't matter because she is Satchel. Like, it was just too many motivations as the movie progressed, and then the French operative dies, and you think that she cares. Like, she sits there, and she's weeping. She don't give a fuck. She probably cares a little bit. I know, she cares a little bit, but that's, fuck. I I feel People like that's friendly. the company. I feel like she was showing the compartmentalizing of spies, and that's kind of what the end was, where this whole time she's sitting in this fucking interview, pretending to be a British subject, working for MI6, and then she gets on the goddamn plane, and she's a fucking American, and you're like, you're fucked. Like, like people think actors are fucked? No, spies. (laughs) They're the worst. Spies are just actors who... Kill. Yeah. Yeah, right, I know, but I'm just saying... for real. Yeah. I mean, she was, she was three different people? Yeah. That's crazy. Triple agent. Yeah, triple agent. Yeah, and the trailers never made me think that that scene happened at the end. No. With the scene in the hotel room. I was like, oh, I can't wait for this hotel room scene. And then it didn't happen. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Did I miss it? Did I fall asleep? <laughs> and then it happened. I was like, oh, yay. This is so much better than I anticipated. <laughs> Getting away from the plot for a, for a bit, the sure. technical aspects of the movie. I hate movies that make me feel cold, but this was like fun. But I did feel cold at the same time, so I thought that was kind of kind of. Did you not bring a jacket? No, like every, everyone looks freezing in this movie. You like, hate I mean, that? I hate the movie The Gray because everyone looks like they're about to freeze to death. That's interesting. I feel like you would like enjoy that. Yeah, that that like that, that definitely like, is a counterpoint to everything I think about. So you, you. would enjoy Lawrence of Arabia, where it looks like everyone's going to die from <laughs> from heat, dehydration, and I don't know, heat stroke. Just a personal preference. Interesting. But that's weird. I don't know because I, I love that immersive nature. Yeah, I, I love that too. I like being able to fall into it. Like, she kept jumping into tubs full of ice water, and I was like, fuck that. Yeah, she right. did that before she was really badly bruised, so what the hell? Maybe that's no, she didn't. She did. Yeah, she, was, did. yeah she, she did. In the hotel room, when she first checks in, before she's... Beat up once. Yeah. Before she gets into a single fight. Yeah. She's in an ice bath. She gets out of an ice bath. And then with all oh, the she gets out of an ice bath. From the, in the hotel room, room rather. Mm-hmm. She and didn't have a reason- one. No, she had a fight before then. She got in a fucking car accident. Before she got to the hotel room, she was in a car accident. I guess that's true. Yeah. That's it's true. something she does to try not to be useless. I think. I think it's just a. a it's like a coping mechanism. It's a. It's a numbing yeah. of of the body yeah. that keeps the swelling down from being in a goddamn car accident. Because she twists the wheel, grabs the fucking the thing. I was like, oh shit. Also, the setting and the tone is pretty dark and dreary, but it's also the dialogue makes it kind of light. Yeah. And humorous. That's pretty well done. Thing with the music, the music kind of makes. Oh yeah, the yeah. music yeah. is a kind of. Yeah, as you were saying, got an upbeat version and a sad version, mm-hmm. and also the transitions with the spray paint. I kind of mm-hmm. dug. Oh that. yeah, I love that. Kind of reminded me of Suicide Squad, but in a good way. A better Suicide <laughs> Squad, More, almost like a Suicide Squad. No, you sorry. just said you just said the same thing. Sorry, sorry, Will Smith there for a second. Let me try it again. Almost like some sort of Suicide Squad. Damn it! I still He's like stuck in an info yeah. loop, guys. We should just move on. I still like that movie. Let's step behind the curtain for a minute. I recently stopped working for a German company where I would have to go to Berlin 
And this movie literally went to every single place that I went to in Berlin. So it's kind of like my best hits of Berlin, but in 1989, it was really weird. They went to Alexanderplatz. They went to. They showed the TV tower. They showed showed the um, the uh, the Golden Elsa. They showed the um, the fucking arch. McDonald's. No, I can't think of the name of it. Anyway, I was like, "Holy shit!" I've been to all these places, and then they named a bunch of other places like to meet up, and I was like, "I've been to that train station. I've been there." So did more or less people get shot when you went? <laughs> less. Okay, good. I counted though. I, from my history, from a history perspective, um, I actually knew I could pin a date when all of this was happening, based off of the scene when the guy tries to pick her up at the bar, and the French operator was like, "David Hasselhoff's here." I knew that this movie was ending with the wall falling down. That could be at any time. Germans love David Hasselhoff. They do. They do love German ha- David Hasselhoff, but the context of it being 1989, right before the wall fell, Hasselhoff sang on top of the wall. The day that the night that it was getting ripped down, like he did a big perform, like mm-hmm. that that was a very Thank specific you. point to give us a time frame, which I kind of enjoyed. They kind of said that. I think they already they, gave, they already gave us a yeah. Time they kind of went. Reagan was talking about taking the wall down. And then they're like ten days before, and I was like, oh okay. It's like enjoy the view. It'll be way different tomorrow. Yeah, yeah pieces of the wall are still up in Berlin. Like they didn't take it one hundred percent down. Oh, I bother. I know. I'm just saying. Like you know, there's there's sections like you'll see them. And the spree, I went to the spree. Is that where they threw his body? And I think that's where the car went into as well. Probably. Because it doesn't make sense for it to be another... There's only one body of water, bro. Basically. I don't think the rind is very close to it, but... Forgot the character's name. The guy that memorized the list. Yeah. Uh, Spyglass. Uh, Spyglass. Spyglass was his code name, which was cool. What was his purpose? He was the extra copy of the list that they were trying to get across, but Percival needed to kill. Because they didn't know that... They didn't know the person had the list. They didn't... He was trying to make it seem like he didn't have the list because he didn't want his kingdom to fall. How did the list come to be and why did this guy have it? I was wondering that when I left the theater also. Spy stuff. This was a list that they had assembled. Right. Who had assembled? Hey, yes. That guy. Just yes. That guy. Okay, all right. No, ready? lots of people. I'm pretty sure the KGB had it and that's why he was defecting from the KGB. Yes. He was leaving the trade traitoring against the KGB and he'd also memorized the list as an insurance policy plus they mentioned he had a photographic memory so it makes perfect sense that he would do that so once Percival obtained the list he had to kill Spyglass because there's another copy of the list out there and it's in right. Spyglass but why does Percival want the list gone Percival can he sell that the, list he wants the list only for himself okay he can sell if he kills the other copy of the guy who has the other copy of the list quote unquote no one else can have the list that's that's what he wants. He can sell okay. information at that point. He can sell information. Because he can wipe out spies on that list that he thinks are a threat to him. Right, he gets to control his own kingdom that he's built for himself in Germany because he loves everything about it. Yeah. He I mean, fucking loves love Berlin. Berlin. He all, all, I mean, Fair! On, on top of that, his, his one of his first lines is, money is good, information is better. Yep. yep. He was definitely... Tra- he was, he was Finnegan Dare. He was trading in secrets, not in money. Hey, where's Finnick? Oh, there, there he is. is. I loved that chess match that they played. That was probably the... It, it is one of my biggest gripes with the, mu- the movie visually, juxtaposed by my favorite part of the mu- movie visually. The, like, helicopter scene of all the people protesting. Yes. I didn't think the CGI was great, because I didn't dump a lot of money in it, which makes sense. They didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, that weird that weird Google image, Google map shot that like zoomed down three times. I don't even remember. Interesting. That I don't shot. even remember that shot. Yeah, it was a, it was a really bad shot. That's why you don't remember it. It's just that it didn't even bother me enough to, to remember. Yeah, it. so that's why it, it was like, the one thing that I was while I was seeing the movie. I was like, okay, I have a gripe here. Interesting. So they do that, and then they walk out of the building, and they're just amongst the mob of protesters. Okay. So they're setting up the sniper, setting up like, oh yeah, we're gonna take them out. So Percival had the set family. them had set them up so that she is the one that loses Spyglass. Spyglass, not him. And then he set up on the other side of the board the people that are gonna take out Spyglass. And then she moves the rook to F four and has the umbrellas come up so that they lose Spyglass. I love that they both had two different plans. Was Awesome. Them playing chess with each other while still being on the same team was fucking They're great. They're not on the same team. 
They they're on the same team. Big quotes. Air, air quote there. They're both part of MI6. They're yeah. supposed to be working they're together. They're both MI6 together. agents. Together. They're, they're working together. Yeah. Kind of like in wrestling where you have a tag team that doesn't like each other. One's a heel, one's a face. You guys surprised it's a little different terms? than that. But it's yes. like in the Attitude Era, era when you have Stone Cold and Undertaker attacking champs for a couple of weeks. They hated each other. You know there was going to be sparks at ringside. I thought you were going to say Stone Cold and The Rock. But that's more of... They're teaming up because they hate the opponents more, as opposed to they're teaming up because they're supposed to, and they're secretly both hoping the other one dies, pretty much. I don't think she was hoping he would die at that point. After that, yes. But I think up until that point, she was was kind of like, this guy's a fuck-up, but whatever. And then after that, she was like, no, this fuckboy goes down. This movie would be a lot of fun to watch, knowing who she is, like, from the beginning. Yeah. No, I can't wait to watch this movie again. And that's actually kind of what makes that scene... While it sets up probably the best action sequence, the stairs in the apartment, it does pertain a conundrum because if she's Satchel, if she's Satchel on that list, why is she so adamant about making sure Satchel gets across? Spyglass. 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 Sorry. Why is she's because she, that's her mission. She's Satchel on that list, but she's still MI6 agent uh, Lori uh, Lorelai. What the fuck is her name? Something Brighton. Not sure. It's something L though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I forget if it's like Lorraine or Lorraine, Lorraine, Lorraine yeah. Brighton or whatever. She's still M. Isaac. This is your mission. We don't give a shit what happened. Like, but she's not- a double agent. Why is she Triple going agent. to go and hand over the person that has the information that says that she's a double agent to M. I. Six? Because she's going to meet with those fuckers in Paris and kill them then. Right. And Spyglass knows exactly who she is, and she's she's going along with her anyway. She's clearly got some kind of plan that we don't. Ever get to find out because he dies anyway. Hey, guess what? When we watch it again, we'll see if we still the same grips. I'm just bringing up questions that happen in spy movies that have convoluted storylines. Yeah. No, they're not grips necessarily. I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, yeah. I feel like real better. spy movies like this, because I feel like James Bond is not James spy Bond movies, is way James too straightforward. Bond movies. They're all, as far as spy movies are concerned, they're so straightforward. Right. James Bond is part of MI6. I feel he like real to go spy and movies like The Americans, this... Uh, Taylor Tinker Soldier probably is like this. Ooh. I haven't seen it, but... I just like to point out that you're right, Corey. We're on the same side. We just said it different. Yeah. <laughs> so wait. As soon as you started saying... So I'm wait, like, you're I... the KGB and you're America and this is the Iron Curtain? Sequel with the Iron Curtain. No. No. That's not For the right Frank. analogy at all. No. You're still Sorry. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you, buddy. We'll get you out of prison soon. One day he's in a gulag. We'll never get him out. <laughs> we'll talk. To so we, so we are, we time. are, we are on the same page. Yeah, we both think this movie tried to do jam too many things in there, too many twists and turns. Yeah, we just said it differently and confuse each other. Okay, sure. cool. I mean, I still maintain that, like, that is, that is, that is like the formula for Cold War era spy novels or spy graphic novels in this case, where it's like. Everybody's betraying everybody else, and who's the good guy, and who's the bad... It just, it becomes convoluted. Yeah. Like, this, this as a movie, would have benefited from trying to work a little bit less in. So, Corey, your favorite part was the spyglass transfer. Yeah. Alright, mine, easily the stairwell fight scene. Well, I, I consider that all part of the same. Right, so specifically, that was my favorite. Matt? Oh, we're doing favorite scenes? Yes. Um, I think my favorite scene is in her lover's apartment. Where she dies? No. The sex scene or the... No, 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 no. Her love... Her... her the the male spy. Yeah, gas... Okay. Yeah. yeah, his apartment. Oh. When she gets... With, with the hose and shit. That whole scene was fucking awesome. Joe? My favorite scene is... I'm pretty sure it's the opening scene of the movie with Gascoigne running away from uh, Bacton. Mm-hmm. That just set the tone for a movie. I'm like, I like this. I when he really, gets hit really by the car. This. Oh, yeah. When he gets hit by the car and like goes flying up, I'm like, oh, that looks good. I just love that he's running, hopping fences to Blue Monday. I'm like, this is the perfect beat for this scene. They did a really good job matching this up. Who is he? Who's that character? Like, the actor that plays... Isn't that Skarsgård? Um, I don't think so. No, Skarsgård is the watchmaker, isn't it? No, Skarsgård is uh, the passport guy. Oh, that oh was, shit! Yeah, yeah, that's him. You're right. That's, that's you're right. You're right. You're right. Which actor are we talking about? Uh, Bacton. Gascoigne. No. Gascoigne. Okay. Oh, Gascoigne. We're talking about. Yeah, the 
the the yeah, male I spy know in the beginning. Who, I thought he was asking about back then. Sam oh. Hargrave. What is he in? James Hargrave. I'm sorry. Sam Hargrave. Wow. He was, in, he was in Civil War. That's who? Stunts. Oh, well, he's a stunt double. Count. He's a stunt double. Oh, okay. And when I look at him from a distance with sunglasses on, that's he looked a little bit like Kevin Klein to me, which is why I was so fucking confused. Okay. Well, before we move on to rating this, which is on the horizon, scenes. what is everyone's imp- favorite improvised weapon kill slash attack in this movie? Joe, I'm starting with you. Oh no! I'm since I'm on the spot right now, and I wasn't prepared for this question. I'm going to say when he kills Bacton with the ice pick. Fair sequel. We're going around. I guess the shoe, because that's the one that stuck with me. I mean, uh, that was that was Lori's favorite. That's that's why Lori wanted to see this movie because I showed her the trailer and she was like, "This movie looks good." She kills a man. She kills a dude with a stiletto. Well, she beats the shit out of him and then she throws him out of the car. Yeah, but yeah, Corey and the clarify. Favorite death, favorite weapon? Improvised weapon attack slash okay. death. Because um, they aren't all deaths. Ooh, but I like the key. Awesome. I like the set of keys in the movie theater. Oh, when it's stuck in oh. his face? Oh, that was yeah. sick. That's good. That, that was, good was really good. Because it was a really good idea to use the keys, and it worked for, like, two people. And then it, like... Stuck it, on it, Well, like, she, like, just grazed him, so it's stuck in, like, all this fleshy tissue on the guy's cheek. And his response was like, come on, seriously? I didn't think it bled enough. It didn't. I, also, I thought that. I was yeah, like, it did not. I feel like the face bleeds like a stuck pig, and it he's does. not bleeding the, enough. Yeah. If you cut your face, it does not stop bleeding yeah, for that's anything. What I, that's what I felt like. Personally, mine is the freezer door. When they're fighting in the kitchen, and she just slams the freezer in his face, that I was, was like, good. oh, fuck. I'm kind of with Joe for Lee's favorite scene with the multiple endings. I think it wraps up nicely with her laughing about what should I wear for... Tea with the I think that would have been a fine ending. They went the route they did, which is okay. But you know what you do? You end it right. What should I wear? She has a cigarette, which I thought was fucking great. She had no regard for anybody else in the room. She wasn't like yeah, she's been smoking in that room for like four hours. Yeah, she's just gonna be. Like, I'm gonna fucking smoke. I had a rough couple of days. Go fuck yourself. She looked like a pile of fucking chopped meat. I'm not okay. Why are we? Yeah, I'm just saying. Let Corey go. My point is, she's been smoking in the room. Her last snarky remark, what should I wear to tea, tea with the queen? They close the door, credits roll, halfway through credits, boom, she's on the airplane with like, with the American, and they're headed home. That would be the way, if you're going to have that extra ending. But it wasn't. It wasn't. But that's how you guess. Which guessed, is why I never got out, training. because it wasn't credits. These people are morons. It's movie's like two or three twists too many. Yeah. Also, if, I mean, least favorite scene. Obviously, I don't like the ending. I'm with you right there. That was my whole main point. But also, the uh, after the car goes into the water, I feel like they just spent too much time on that scene. It's not that it's necessarily bad, but he's clearly dead, and she's just kind of like still in the car. Trying. Just looking at him, not even trying. And I was like, maybe just... You should go. Get out of there. I didn't feel like she was in the car that long. Bullet time. I thought it felt like an eternity. I felt like she was only in the in the car for like 15 seconds. And he was dead already. And she then looked in and was like, alright, well, fuck this. And then got out. Like 30 seconds for a spy should not be that long to hold your breath. She must have been so cold. Yeah. <laughs> that, was sequels, that was sequels worth seeing. The colds. <laughs> She had the blanket on her the entire trip over the border. Anyway. Was this one? Least, 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 favorite, least favorite scene. Least favorite scene. Okay. I'm making sure. We're asking a lot what of questions. Was <laughs> We're asking a lot of questions. We're being comprehensive being on this episode. Oh, We're crazy. being comprehensive on this episode. Uh, my least favorite scene would definitely be the first bar scene where the French, uh, French operative writes the, the club's name on the card because that guy doesn't become... It, She's just going to a random bar to have a drink, and the guy starts hitting on her, and then he leaves because she comes in. And says, like it just wasn't really necessary. It was like the only reason that that scene had to happen was because there they had to be a become... they had to be a reason that they were in the same place at the same time, and they had to give us the framing device of David Hasselhoff being there, so you know it's when it is. I feel like there's a purpose for that scene, but they didn't do a good job conveying 
what that purpose is. Yeah. Like, because she was there for a reason, we yeah. just don't know why. Because she set up, because they have that long shot right before where she's in, like, the fishnet bodysuit, which was very fun. She puts the um, the tape recorder strapped to her leg and, like, she tapes the yep. thing up there. Like, so it's like, she's going there specifically to gather intel and record, yep. but she gets no real good information out of it. There's some sort of weird part of her playing the frame, Percival. Yes. I guess. Uh, least favorite scene. Okay. Do you have a bad scene or no? Like, oh, is it a perfect there. If you, if It's you, a perfect, <laughs> this movie gets six stones in a goal, guys. I was playing close to the chest. Uh, <laughs> just said it straight up. No, no I wasn't. Worst scene, I'm going to go ahead and say the stupid ass scene with the French operative calling up Percival like she has fucking anything on him. Yeah, she's got pictures, but come on, bitch. You don't know nothing outside of that fucking camera. She's pretty much killing herself at that point. Yeah, no, she's oh, yeah, literally sure. she's literally That's putting a sign via on phone yeah, call. Yeah. <laughs> Come kill me, fucko, and he's like, I'm on my way. I'm I'm literally on a car phone. I think that's gonna do it, right? We're all good. Sniper yeah. team, put a bullet in this shit. We're not putting up the fucking umbrellas. I brought a full circle. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to go ahead and rate Atomic Blonde now. If you've never listened to the podcast before, how we do it is we use Infinity Stones, so it gets a number of Infinity Stones from 1 to 6. 1 is the lowest score, 6 is the highest score. If you give it 6, you can also give it the Infinity Gauntlet, which is the highest score possible. Now let's do our thing, and I'm going to kick it to sequel first. Although this movie had me pleasantly surprised, I didn't know anything about it going into it. There are some plot points I just don't like. It's hard to follow. Too many twists, multiple endings, everything we said is is pretty much on the money. The action scenes do make up for that. It's nice on the technical aspect. I like the music. I like how well casted it was. It's a good movie. You're kind of forced to see it again because you want to fully understand everything that happened. And once you know the ending, you can probably pick up on on more more things that you might have missed. I'm going to give it I'm on the cusp between a three and a half and a four. I'm going to go four. Matt, what do you got? I like this movie. It's making me feel good in my pants. I like... <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. It was fun. Um, it's not often that I bring uh, Lori to a movie that... Has- <laughs> There was no period there, gentlemen. There was a comma that has no... Nothing to do with anything. Like, it's Atomic Blonde. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Like, it's... It's its own thing. It's its own thing. And she really, really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed it. And uh, I can't wait to see it again. Because, like Sequel said, it does have a lot of twists and turns and weird shit that needs to be sussed out better. I'm going to give it five stones. Corey, you're up. This movie is good, the writing is good, the performances are great, the action sequences are spectacular. Watching it a second or third time, I I guarantee you my rating is going to go up, but for what it is right now, thinking that the story's a little convoluted, thinking that there are one too many twists and turns and backstabs, and not really sure who you're supposed to be rooting for at any given point in time, this movie gets a a very high four stones. I, I'm confident when I watch it again and really grasp everything, it I will retroactively give it a five. But right now, it's going to sit at a four. I don't have a whole lot new that I can add to this that hasn't already been said. So I'll say that I'll mirror my sentiments before that this movie kind of is convoluted. But the action scenes are shot really well from a realistic standpoint. I think the performances in this movie are really good, specifically Charlize Theron. And James McAvoy. James McAvoy is good in everything. That was half of the draw for me to see this movie before I knew anything about it. I was like, James McAvoy is in it. I will see it. So, yeah, I think it was good, not great. So I'm going to give this movie four stones. And I definitely would be up to see it again because knowing all the information now, it would be a much more fun view. And I think that's going to do it for our coverage of Atomic Blonde. If you saw Atomic Blonde and would like to let us know what you thought, or anything else about spies or... John Goodman, whatever else we talked about. <laughs> we were all over the place. We actually kept pretty much on task, though. Yeah. Yeah. Better yeah. than last week. Yeah. Better than last week. I don't know. We'll find out. Different well, definition of better. <laughs> Fire as an email 
over on to ZTHpodcast at gmail.com. You can also give us your rating on Twitter at ZTHpodcast. You can take a picture of how many stones you would give it and post that to Instagram and tag us at ZTH Podcast. Uh, if you go to Facebook.com, search for Zeros Talking Heroes in the search bar. Zeros and Heroes both have two E's. Or Facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast. And last but not least, head on over to iTunes or whatever you're listening to us on. And if you don't have anything, if you're just using the website, go sign up for iTunes. Give us a five-star rating if you like it. And then you can, like, never touch that again. That's fine. You don't have to worry about it. Or Podchaser. Yeah, or something like that. Google we'd, Play. We'd appreciate it. That would help us get the podcast out to more people, because more people downloading means more fun for us and more chances that people interact with us and make this an even better podcast. Or just tell that weird guy at work that you see reading comics at lunch. Next time, we will be doing The Punisher, and it's the Tom Jane version from whenever that came out. I feel like it was like 2004. Sounds right. Yep. You could have looked. It's you could have literally looked oh, wow. at it. <laughs> I'm more impressed with myself that I didn't look at the picture. Yeah, I mean, so am I, but still. That's what we'll be doing next time, and until then, I want you to remember, on behalf of everyone else, that every movie is someone's favorite movie. Good night. I fucking love Berlin!